0: You're listening to Reflections, a song music podcast with Jamie and Ash, where we discuss the classic albums with the classic songs. Welcome to season two, episode four of the Reflections Music Podcast, or I think what it should be renamed as. The Beloved, Intelligent, Lustful, and Living It Reflections Music Podcast. <laughs> and it's Bilal's words, not mine. <laughs> We're doing Bilal's uh, first album, debut album, Firstborn, Second. And this guy is a trip. I mean, anyone who opens their, opens their debut album with The Beloved, Intelligent, Lustful, and Living It. Oh, man. I love that. I love that. So, yeah, Bilal. Ash, <laughs> tell us about Bilal. How do you feel about Bilal? What's your history with Bilal?
1: How do I feel about Palau? I feel like... uh, Iconic voice, uh, first and foremost. I feel like he has one of the voices that will stand the test of time and will always be identifiable. Like, even now, like when... Because he he works with so many other people, but, you know, on a a Kendrick Lamar track or, uh, you know, a Robert Glass bar, even when he's not billed as a featured artist... Like you hear his voice and you know it's him. You don't you don't need to check the credits to know. You can hear him. You you know it's that guy. Um, I, I think there's you know the only other person with the maybe it's because of the dreads that I'm thinking of him. But like Stokely from Mink Condition, like are two voices alongside Bilal's. Where when you hear it, you know who it is entirely and and exactly who it is. And it's um, he's awesome. Um, and this first album is is iconic as well and a a massive a massive part of the neo soul movement um where the movement is, is is approaching its peak uh and i feel like he isn't on he isn't on the side of it where it's it's on its way out he's definitely part of it still continuing to rise and pushing it into into some different spaces different spaces with the people that he works with on his album some of the sounds that he connects um and just really as well just cultivates this Soul querian community and actually kind of pushes it on to the next place with the links that he's got with other singers and and artists and where some of the albums we'll be covering further down the line. Um, but yeah, epic voice, epic artist.
0: Yeah. I feel the exact same way. Um what attracted me, what attracted me to him back in the day was his voice just simply his voice it just it just sounded wild to me it's like nothing that was around at that time and just so distinctive and just wild he just does wild stuff with his vocals um and it it was uh yeah it wasn't surprising to say that uh um when he says that he basically because he couldn't really play an instrument to the level that he would have liked to that he decided to use his voice as one because he certainly does it's yeah it's uh, another instrument within the band it's, it's it's crazy and um just a quick take before we get on to the deets it's my thing with Bilal is that considering that he was working with the Soul Aquarians and considering the output that was coming out of Electric Lady Studios at that time for his for this album to be as distinctive as it is and as to sound as different as it does from Mama's Gun or Voodoo or anything anything else that was coming out of those sessions at the time is this just, just testimony to how good he is. Because sometimes when you're mm. when you're a vocalist and not a recognized musician, you know, sometimes people will be like, oh well that's the producer's sound or that's the sound of the uh of the instrumentalist, which is true, but this album sounds vastly different. I mean, he's on songs where James Poyser is producing it and it doesn't sound like an Erica tune. And granted, the ones that James Poiser's, um produced for Erica doesn't sound like a Bilal tune. So it is basically the artists were, even though they're not instrumentalists per se, you know, they they all managed to put their stamp on their respective albums. And uh, yeah, it's a, that's the, one of the biggest companies I think I think I can pay to those guys and that around that session at that time. Yeah, great work, all of those cats. Anyway, quick deets. Recorded at Electric Lady Studios between 99 and 2000. Released July 27th, 2001. It was on Interscope, which is part of Universal. Main write- writers, uh, well, not main, but, you know, some of the writers on there. Blau. Questlove, Poyser, Floetry, and Mike City. I love those late 90s, early 2000 <laughs> stage names. Mike City, got to love a bit of Mike City. Uh, producers, ooh, loads. Blau, Jay Dilla, Dr. Dre, Aaron or Aaron Comis or Comis. Um, We'll get, we'll definitely get onto him uh, a bit later. Sadiq's on here, Dre and Vidal, who were all over. Was it Music Soulchild's Child's album?
1: Soul Child. Yeah, yeah.
0: Right. And um, obviously, they they went on to work with Flow Tree too. Mike City. And um, if you don't know who Mike City is, uh, listeners, Mike C produced Heard It All Before by Sunshine Anderson. Remember that track, Ashley?
1: Remember that album? That's a slept on album. <laughs> Bit of a that banger, a slept right? Slept on
0: album. Bit of a banger. Great album. Great right? tune.
1: But yeah, great album as well.
0: Mm hmm. So, yeah, he did that. He did full, uh, Brandy's Full Moon and um, I Wish by Carl Thompson. Carl Thomas. Mm. Not Carl Thompson. Carl Thomas. Uh, Thomas. And last, Huh? Do you remember him? No, no, no. No. <laughs> That's,
1: uh, uh, just just listening to that roll call, you know, yeah. like, again, it just...
0: Very much of a like, time, He right?
1: He really... Well, he just... He really pushed, like neo soul into the r&b he like he he blurred some lines with this album um Mm. with the people that he worked with but also it showed just the power of being like when a label works when being on a label works Mm -hmm. and you can when they give you the license to pick the producers that you want to work with and you go off and you do it and you, you pull together this body of work and you know not not all of it's for me but i i love and respect the fact that he was able to go out and have the range of producers on here have a range of different sounds but still be able to connect all the dots give us a complete album um that doesn't alienate anyone um and it can still be classed as neo soul despite heavy heavy r&b influences that you know you did get on a d'angelo album you didn't get on a maxwell album you know all those albums were really kind of tight-knitted mm-hmm. small teams like he was part of the soul querying so by all right he should just be doing it all with them all at electric lady and he he hasn't done um in this album and and i think that's part of the reason why it stands out as a body of work that he didn't he didn't do that with it whether that was his choice or not i don't know but i feel like it was
0: um yeah so pete uh 31 on us pop charts and number 10 on the r&b charts not bad and uh i i checked the uh I checked the uh, charts at that time. I got them somewhere, um, and it was um it was quite competitive at the time. During when 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 his album released, uh, I think one week you had Usher's Eight Seven Oh One was about, and then you had Alicia Keys' song in A Minor was number one for a few weeks when he was out. So it was there were some serious classics out at the time. So you know. He was, he was doing all right. He was doing all right, the young man, especially for his debut. He was doing all right. So, ready to get into the singles? Yeah, let's go. Cool. Debut single, Soul Sister. Now, Ash, let me see if you can remember. This, according to the internet, is saying Soul Sister came out in 2000. Okay. And early 2000 at that. And that's probably right because it was on the Love and Basketball soundtrack, which came out that year okay. right, in 2000. But when you see, when you go back and you remember that the album was released in July, so late July 2001, that seems like a long time between your debut being released and then the album coming out. So do you reckon it was like, it was out? during Love and Basketball and then nearer to the time of the album release they re-released it again I don't know I find that that period of time and single releases and album releases have just seemed a bit all a bit odd and strange what do you remember about that time and that and this track and when it was released and that
1: if I'm honest I I just remember the album I don't really remember the singles Mm. from it like I I bought this as an album as opposed Mm -hmm. to being introduced to it by like singles um Mm. Yeah. So for me, listening to what you just said partly makes sense. So I, f- I feel like we've spoken about this before where an artist could be put out on a soundtrack at a time when soundtracks were really big and mm-hmm. it's a good chance for, for them to get a feel for the artist and just see how it was, how it would be received or how the artist would be received. And to be fair, you know, Soul Sister is one of his iconic tracks. So it should have gone down well with audiences. It should have been a, a home banker. But I can also believe that they didn't want to miss the opportunity of it going on the Love and Basketball track even though the album wasn't ready and right. it wasn't wasn't finished. Right. But I have seen some artwork for Soul Sister, mm-hmm. which is in line with the artwork from the album. Right. Um and the other singles. So I feel like it probably got its own release like separate to that, or maybe it just maybe it was just out on the love and basketball soundtrack and then when it was time for the album, it got a re-release or yeah, got yeah. a re-release after the album was out even.
0: That makes that makes a lot of sense. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah. All right. So it was written by Bilal himself and two brothers called Damu and Far M2Me. Oh yeah, M2Me and uh, Mike City. They're the writers on there. And this one produced, I didn't know, by Raphael Sadiq. But of course... It sounds just like it. It sounds like it came out of a, the session that that um, "Untitled" came out of. It's it's in that ballpark, just not as good. Uh, but it's yeah, it's where clearly where Raphael Sadiq was at at the time in terms of the sound. Tell yeah, there's it,
1: definitely there's definitely a Raphael Sadiq warmth to it, but I I don't think it's signature. Like, I don't I don't think there's like signature bass lines or signature like strings. Mm that um that come from from a lot of sadiq's work um so I, yeah i didn't realize it was a sadiq track at all but when i saw that it was it made a lot of sense mm-hmm. um because there is this this warmth and then this quality as well like it's the the quality of the guitar licks running through and just the push boom 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 you know there's just this groove that that you know, it just spells quality, uh, and in a different way to some of the other tracks on the album, which are, are very good, but don't have this, this layer of smoothness about them that this track does. Mm. Um, and actually, some of the tracks could have done with a bit of this smoothness, actually, if I'm, <laughs> if I'm being honest. But, um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a real class quality track and really builds into the, afrocentric love women women love me like persona of Bilal that that is like permeates throughout throughout the the album and throughout his um videos you know that's it it definitely fits in with the image that they wanted to to put well yeah that they wanted to portray him as and I, I think it it does a fantastic job of that like it just sits like as a, as an intro to him, you know, again, and it, it, amazing that, you know, it's not a soul record as well. Like, um, it just fits him perfectly in that space. It says exactly where he's at.
0: Yeah, remind me, this is the video that's shot in black and white, right?
1: Is it? Yes, it is. It is, right? Yes, so, it is.
0: So it's yeah. funny to me because yeah, so now it's coming back. Yeah, so it's the video shot in black and white. And in the video, it's, it's got, uh, I think Questlove, Questlove's playing the drums. And I think it's got Poison on the keys, like just, just so querying that, that, that crew, Mm -hmm. um, which is, and I just feel like I'm always mugging off videos from this era, especially like Neo soul videos. I think they just like the quality, just the, the, the difference that you can get from one video to the next is crazy. But I think this one is really correct. It's just the fact it, the way he's shot in black and white, it makes sense. The only thing that doesn't make sense to me is that when he's singing, he walks away from the mic. In fact, he's like, was so crazy. He's just like, he's singing, and he's just like, I'm walking away from the mic and I'm still singing. It's like, dude, go stand by the mic. Anyway, wild guy. But yeah, this video just makes a lot of sense. And it's, yeah, it's cool. It just, as a package, video, track, his look even, it just all works for me. It's just, it's just cool. It's just a nut, it's just good, good debut single. They had me. Yeah, as an had,
1: introduction had, to Bilal. It yeah, had me interested. You, got you me don't interested. need anything else.
0: No, and it's weird because I I was all over the Love and Basketball soundtrack and film and soundtrack, but I don't think I I don't know I don't think this stood out for me at the time. I think this was this was more the period when the album came out. This I think this is when I got into Soul Sister. I think on the so on
1: doesn't the, that say something to the the kind of the time where like on soundtracks and stuff. Like if you saw names that you knew, yeah, you would kind of gravitate towards them. Exactly. And if you didn't know the artist, it could be a really good song or it'd have to be an amazing song for you to really kind of prick up your ears and say, oh, who's that? Who's yeah. that person? Like I always go back to the Men in Black album uh, in 97 and Alicia Keys is on it. And it's it's just it's it's a it's a good track but nothing that makes you want to really dive in more and find out more about her and, and what she's saying because um, yeah songs in a minor is on another level to that track yeah but yeah. you know she doesn't jump out to you and then you go back and you listen to it with different ears and oh yeah you know this is, this is quite good and it stands out to you a bit more because yeah. of that because you don't know the artist yet
0: exactly because if you go if I just go through the track listing of uh, Love and Basketball soundtrack quickly. So you got you got Donald Jones on there. you got Lucy Pearl with Dance Tonight. That's going to instantly sort of like just, you know, yeah. you just attracted to that immediately. you got Guy on here, MC Light, Angie Stone, Al Green, Rufus and Chaka Khan, Roger Troutman, Michelle and Chello. So, and Bilal <laughs> himself. <laughs> I can't say that. And Bilal himself, right? So you're just like, who the hell is this Bilal? Who's, who, 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 who's yeah. this Bilal dude? Do you know what I mean? And there's so many like Iconic artists on here it, you, you just like Okay Just gets lost Just gets lost basically Yeah So Yeah Anyway But Great song I love this track Um Probably I liked it enough Like Not like Love it love it love it But it was enough to be like Hey I need to find out More about this dude I need to find out Which is what you want From a debut single That's how I find it Mm Single number two, I just think this is wild. I I don't, I, this, this shot the this shit out of me. Um, so single number two is Love It. Released date, it reckons January 21, 2021. I don't know. This, will, This I don't, I don't know, it just makes no sense to me. Written and produced by Mike City. Chart position, I'm only charted in the RB charts, number 61, and I've just got down here. Sometimes I love this tune. Other times I've got to skip it.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's how I feel about it. Sometimes I'm like, this is a banger. Other times it's just like, nah, I can't, I can't deal. I got, I, I just got to jump. I just got to skip it. Am I, am I alone here?
1: <laughs> uh, no, you're not. No, you're not. I really like the bridge on the, on the song. That, mm-hmm. If I can make it to the bridge, then I I feel much better about the song as a whole if I, if I don't make it to the bridge, you know, yeah, like just, it's gone past it. Um, doesn't help where it is in the track listing either. Yeah, let me get that. Um, right. Right. Cause it, it follows an amazing song. Um, but yeah, it's <laughs> absolutely again. It, it, it just, it's that R and B it's that R and B soul sound that they were trying to merge uh, and didn't do a bad job of merging at all. But again, it, you know that number sixty one in the r and b charts like it so if he was being marketed as an r and b artist uh-huh uh given that it's of an r and b nature the song the song's definitely more r and b than it is uh neo soul then he probably would have done better but because he was being pitched as a neo soul artist and you know as much as people listen to both types of music there was still kind of two crowds and yeah he, definitely he definitely is in the afrocentric neo soul bracket that's the, the video looks like it as well so you know and if you as a neo soul listener are listening to that and um, that's not really it's not really what i signed up for it's all right you're not going to go out and buy a single you're not going to go out and buy that single anyway plus most of these guys probably have the album but um you know, it's 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 a good R and B track. I think he his vocal again is incredible. Yeah, like he he is. If there's anything to take away from this song, it is that like just the way he he is able to use the full range of his voice and the the texture in his his voice as well. I think that's part of what separates him from everyone else. Is this? this it's not a smoothness. He just he works his way around when he's in falsetto, when he's low, when he's, you know, doing this really weird, whiny type sound. Mm. I don't know, you'll be able to describe it better. But um, <laughs> like he, he just, he sounds amazing on it. And I think that's the, the saving grace from the track for me. And like I said, when it, when it gets to that bridge and it smooths out a bit and some of the synths are, are kind of cut away from it, I enjoy the track a lot more. And that's why I like, I like that progression and that change, and yeah, yeah, the BVs yeah. really kind of stand out on that bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that for me, that's that's the part of the song that I'm I'm here for. Video is great as well. I really like the video. It's I, good video it, Again, captures the time. You know, major label quality. Like, it, it, there's a difference there. Like, you can see that they've invested in the product yep. and you know, pushed it to where it, or giving it that sheen that it needs, which again comes from, as well as him working with all the producers, you know, that's what record companies are supposed to do. Like, they're supposed to, you're supposed to let the artist go off and do what they need to do, and then make sure that you package it up right. Package it up right, give them the license to work with the best producers and songwriters to get, the full body of work that you need so you are not got filler you've got decent tracks that appeal to different people whoever you want and just make sure it looks the part and it does and it's you know it's part of the reason why none of his other albums have popped the way this album popped it's because it's just got that major label sheen on it and doesn't work for everyone by all means the label journey isn't one more times than not it's not a good journey but this yeah, yeah. one I feel like they got a lot right uh, and some props need to go out to Interscope. Dre and Jimmy and all them guys. They all did a good the, job.
0: All the dudes. So mm. that brings us on to the third and final release. My favourite of the three. And that would be Fastlane. Written by Bilal, Damu and Far m 2 me and Mike City again. But this time produced by Dr. Dre charted uh, mm. number f- 41 on the US and charts this wasn't <laughs> this wasn't a pop track and I think this is an absolute ba- banger to, to me this song because I'm not like I, I clearly uh, prefer singing to rap that's how I like to consume my music but like and I, I love singing over a hip hop beat especially like a Dr. Dre beat and this tune, it just, it's just like, it's like a modern, well, obviously modern for those times, for 2001, it's like a modern version of a tune that Curtis Mayfield would have done, like Pusher Man or Bobby Womack, you know, singing about gritty stuff, mm. but like, so like, I, yeah, it just makes sense, like, where, because at the time, in the 70s, 60s, 70s, it, singers were the ones talking about all that realness on the streets and stuff, social commentary and all that stuff. And then that hardcore stuff, like a track like Pusher Man from the eighties and nineties, rappers took that over. It's like, we talk about that Mm. stuff. That's our domain. Singers don't, we don't, we don't, singers don't, you guys sing about love, sing about love and sex. That's what you guys do. Whereas then you get this tune coming out and I feel like there's a lot of um, Bilal's voice suits like the social commentary stuff and talking about hood stuff, just the way the way his voice sounds and just everything about it, and I just I just think this is a great example of that. Like, but for modern times, what for two thousand and one, and it's just that type of narration was lost in soul music, and I, I just I just love it. It's like a throwback. It's just great. Um, the only other tune I, that 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 um, comes to mind that does a similar thing would have been, but in a more slicker way, would have been uh, Erica's other side of the game, um, Badoozum, mm-hmm. and then later on, yeah. Danger, Danger as well later on, which I think is part two <laughs> of the uh, of, uh, yeah. other side of the game. But yeah, that kind of does a similar thing. And I and I think they all work. I wish I wish we had more of that, you know? So yeah, I love this tune. I love the video. You know what I love about the video? Because uh, Bilal's a Philly native, like Jill Scott, and it's kind of like, it reminds me of Long Walk, but the grimy version of it, right? So it's like <laughs> in, in, in Long Walk, it's kind of uh, Philly, where, wherever she's from, it's like, it's quite romanticized. It's shot really nicely. It's quite glossy. And then obviously uh, Bilal singing about some, some grime. Do you know what I mean? So it's shot, he's walking down the road. I don't know if it is Philly, but he's walking down the road and it just seems like it's grim. And it's just, it's like a scene out of The Wire if you ever watched that white oh, ash that's what it might me of when they're on the street mm. corners and um yeah it's done really well it's shot really well he looks really cool in it i just love how he looks i'm just like yeah yeah you've got it you've got it down dude <laughs> probably like probably along with again along with eric eric benet eric benet probably one of the people that inspired me to get dreads um yeah so yeah i love this um weird to me that it's the uh third release i mean i think you could have used this this also sister could have been the debut for me in fact i actually think i actually remember this being in my head i thought it was the opening track from the album that's how it was it's, it's weird to me that it was the third one um yeah i don't remember i don't remember it that way at all but yeah love this tune love it that's what you say. saying
1: yeah that's a that's a really interesting takeaway something that i wouldn't have um placed and when you when mm. you talk about it like that um you're right like you know he he's talking about some real shit and some drama um mm. and real life stuff that doesn't really yeah that commentary isn't really there we haven't we haven't really covered anyone who's, who's taken that on no. um in the way that he has and you know yeah because well
0: because there's there's difference right there's social commentary where you're talking about i don't know like like real shit that's happening like to maybe the black community or whatever whatever. but then there's the more sort of like focus I'm talking about guns and drugs and stuff like that which yeah. Pusha Man used to do and yeah singers don't do that they don't talk about that sorry continue you like, know and,
1: and having having um Kiss Jada, right. and Dre right. on the remix well I mean we say remix but you know it's, with them yeah. having verses on it as well. Yeah. It, again, it really, you know, what you're talking about with rappers taking mm. on being that voice. Right. They brought that voice into it as well. Mm-hmm. And again, like, you know, you're, again, you're mixing, you're, you've got Dre's West Coast, like this sounds like a Dre tune, like right.
0: proper. proper. This
1: is <laughs> Dre 01, yep. like hard kind of synthy type sounds, dark, like big kind of orchestral type hits in there as well. Um, but yeah, very, very much Dr Dre um, could have quite easily been on his Chronic album and, you know, with just him rapping and and, and Bilal doing a chorus, to be fair. I'm <laughs> surprised they didn't do anything like that. In fact, I feel like I need to go back and revisit that album to check that he doesn't <laughs> show up on there because it wouldn't surprise me if right. he did show up on as a BV, but we digress. Um, yeah, for me, it's not a tune I go to like, uh, you know. I quite happily skip through it, and I feel like you're right. It, it could have easily been the first single, and it, it is the standout song at the start of the album, right? Because um, yeah, for you is for you is an intro to the album, but it's not. It's not a banger. This is a banger, even though I don't really like it. I can't deny that this is a banger of a track, yeah. and I feel like it's just. If they'd have put this out first, it may have alienated the neo soul crowd. Absolutely, it was kind of like it would just be like, which way do you want to go? Who are we market? Who are we really marketing you to? Um, And he's really marketed to a neo soul album or market, which is why Soul Sister is the first release, as opposed to um, to Fast Lane. But you know, again, it could have. Yeah, it bangs. It's hard. Like I said, not one of my go-to's, um, but I, I can respect and appreciate the quality of it. Still.
0: Now I can't remember. I mean, I mean, I like Fast Lane, but of the three singles, I mean, they're all right. They're good. Solstice is good. Do you know what I mean? Fast Lane, we said it's a banger, but all the quality, right, is in the rest of the album, don't you think? Right. So I'm really looking forward to this yeah. best of the rest. 100%. Right. It's, it's, it's it's all in the, because it's all soap. about
1: the best of the rest. This is an album.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's an
1: album. Yeah. Like, it's all about just...
0: like more than a lot of albums. This, this one has got like the bangers are the best of the rest. So I, I usually go first. I'm going to let you start, start us off Ash for the best of the rest. Go hit me.
1: So, so I, for me, the album really starts on this track, reminisce. Like, this is for me where my album starts. Like, I, I can listen to for you, I can listen to Fast Lane, but when that reminisce bass line drops, like this was the tune of the album that I used to play. Like, and I used to DJ RB, I used to DJ hip hop, I used to DJ Neo Soul, but I wasn't playing Fast Lane. I was playing Reminisce. Like right. it is Dilla, Banger, like oh the The story as well the story is just you know who can't relate to that story everyone with an ex at some point can relate to this story at some place or time but the combination as well though of of having most deaf and common on there with Bilal was something that I I really I've been trying to think about it but I don't think anyone had done it yet I don't think anyone had brought on like heavyweight neo soul rappers or rappers that were associated with the neo yeah. soul scene because red and meth on, on left and right on D'Angelo's weren't associated with neo soul. They weren't seen no. as part of the the conscious hip hop scene, so to speak. Um, but most F and common very much affiliated with the movement. Um, and so those two being on it just gave it this authenticity and gave it this this Neo Soul kind of head nod, yeah. Yeah, he's one of us. Like, check this guy out. And and you know, it's he's wicked on it. He's wicked on it. Um, yeah, I, I love this tune. It's I still play it now all the time. Absolute banger. Love it. And for me, like I said, it's it's where the album starts proper for me. I just that's where I go. But yes.
0: Yeah, that's not one of mine. <laughs> it's my first. That's not one of mine. That's like yeah, I've never I've never really I don't know. It's never really stuck with me for some reason. That one, but it is a good tune. But do you know what I mean? Like, there is no tune that's like a bad tune. But yeah, it's not. That's not really one that stuck with me. Um, My first one. I don't know where to go first. All right, I'm gonna let's go to this one because I know we both love it. Sometimes, sometimes. This was my for a long time. This was my favorite track. I just couldn't cope, and. It's, it's all about, from the moment he sings in the, the crazy psych, do you know, you got the crazy psychedelic intro with, with those crazy uh, like ad lib, ethereal, uh, falsetto ad libs. And then, and then he comes in with the, this is a song that makes you spill out all of my guts. And I'm just like, I'm in, I'm in. He's about to testify on this bitch. And I don't know. And it just, and it just, I like a lot of this album. there's a bit of a confessional quality to this and it's it's funny it's serious it's funny you can relate to a lot of the because it's the the structure of the song is a bit odd right it's like the verse there there are verses is there a chorus i don't even know yes kind of but it's just like little it's just little vignettes of it's like little skits almost you know and you speak to most people that like this tune there's always a they've they've always got a favorite one you know like what's what's Mm -hmm. your favorite part of this one and um his, uh, his, his the vocals on here. He's see the thing about it, you talk about Bilal's vocals and you say they're amazing, right? But it's amazing, it's amazing twofold, amazing like lead vocals, yeah. But his BVs are so good. They're so wild. They're so varied. He can he can do the whole smooth thing, where it's just like it's more traditional. Oh yeah, with smooth, lovely, warm BVs, and then he does the mad, crazy like high-pitched screams and but there's still harmonies and it's just like you're just like sometimes i i bump my volumes really loud in my headphones but some there's some tunes where i just got to sort of like i need to turn this down because this screech is caning me <laughs> but it's all it's sort of like really effective um and i'll get into like why in another song why i think that stuff's effective um but yeah it's this this tune's amazing um you know my favorite line is like was the one where he goes uh uh, uh, you make me wish I didn't have home training. Sometimes uh, that's like my that's like one of my favorites. Like so then I just like I use it so much. Uh, I was like, oh my gosh. So yeah, I love this. What about you?
1: This is this is the man anthem. Like, I, I don't think men have enough anthems that they can throw out there and go to just to sing it out when when yeah mm-hmm. when you just when you've just had enough when you mm-hmm. just get fed up like. We do get fed up sometimes, ladies. Yeah. Just, just saying, just putting it out there. And when you listen to to this song, uh, oh yeah, like you could just belt it out. This is this is our to the left, to the left. Like this is, you know, it, it is anthem quality. Um, but not just that though. You know, he he talks about, you know, the, the, my line is that I wish I could be like Moses and round up my people and make them go. Like, you know, like he's 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 not only talking about like everyday life things like he's able to weave into the conversation as well. The the greater pains of seeing Mm -hmm. people in pain and wanting to wanting to move them on, but not knowing how to not not knowing that. I just I just hear pain. I just hear pain and I hear frustration and just him letting it all out. Over this track and speaking on behalf of so many people and giving a voice to so many, so many of these thoughts that I, I you know, I, I don't doubt how many people and how many men. And I'm, I'm going to say that because, you know, a lot of times I feel like, you know, tracks are written by men and sung by men, but they can easily be taken by women and, and used for, for female influences or female thought processes. Yeah. but this one here I just I feel like it's for the men and that's why I say it's an anthem um, something that that as a man you can kind of hold on to and mm. drive away with and just speaks to a lot of the pains yeah. and yeah frustrations yeah. that you can find with everyday life you exactly know?
0: it's 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 a great <laughs> it's a great piece about self-reflection it's like he's just yeah. reflecting on loads of things it's like it's like you know just just a stream of consciousness and he's just like he's just come out it's just come out in, in a song and it's it's, ama- it's amazing it's an amazing piece of work really and truly funny serious it's got all
1: and the and the you know the musicality <laughs> like they <laughs> build with him so well <laughs> just, um yeah gone no, the, the whole track just kind of goes up and down, up and down, consistently building to different crescendos. And even the, like, as it gets to that ending and he starts scatting and yeah. it's just, you know, it's just a light, breezy stuff. And then they just, he ends it, you know, he's just right. We've done enough scatting. I'm going to end it now. And it, it just feels like one of those natural moments when you're on stage yeah. and you're playing and you don't want to let this groove go and you, you feel it out and you, you you do it, dabble a little bit here, and the bass player might dabble a little bit here, and the drummer just changes it up a little bit, and you know it feels so live. And um, when the singer's ready, it's like right—he's giving everyone the nods. All right, I'm done. We're g- I'm going to finish it here, and he gives you that last sometimes, um, and it's it just yeah, it's so so good, so satisfying, like yeah. and fulfilling. Like it's it is the standout track of the of the album. I don't, I don't think yeah. I don't think anything comes near it uh, to I, be to be fair in terms of quality, in terms of what he's saying and lyrics and all of it. It's just masterpiece, yeah,
0: absolute masterpiece. It, it is. And if if someone would have described this tune to me before hearing it, I'd be like, "Well, that's going to be shit. That doesn't work." Because in many <laughs> ways, it shouldn't work, but it just does. It's just like yeah. you say. It's 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 a masterpiece. It, it it really is. Um, what's your next one?
1: Um, my next one. I really, yeah, we we gotta go with it, man. When will you call?
0: That was like, my next one. Good. Like, <laughs> like
1: it, again, in terms of like the standout two moments of this album, it's it, it's sometimes in "When Will You Call?" Like, it, it is just another masterpiece of a song. Um, that weird, funny intro. So again, he's done these two intros on these tracks to lead you into it. And they're both different in their own ways of mm. kind of weaving you in before we three days ago, oh, my you know, gosh. he does all this other stuff and then it drops and he goes and he lets you know what time it is. And you oh, know, uh, full settle on this one. <sighs> oh, the pain, so much pain in, in this song that he's just kind of letting out It's uh, it's awesome. Um, yeah, you go, you go. You yeah, should.
0: I've I've, no, I've just got written down here. Uh, just a great song, no matter the genre, because it, this is a jazz. This is a jazz tune. This is more, this is like um. So last week we spoke about Erica Erica's um, what is it? Green Eyes, and it's there's three, yeah. just three songs in there out of like and three different styles of jazz, and this is like the, this is more like the second or the third more contemporary style of it, and just the quality. Of what, how he spoke about the quality of, of those, of that tune. This has got it. Like from the time it, from the moment it starts, like you say, from three days ago, you're just like, whoa. And it's got that, it's got that quality, that almost, um, musical quality to it. Like I can imagine this being sung in a musical by him because I think he could do musicals. Mm -hmm. He's like, he's got that Mm -hmm. voice to do it. And the lyrics, production, vocal performance, just, All great. Um, And I love this. uh, I love this actually in context with the song that comes after it, um, which is uh, Queen of Sanity, because I I feel like, I feel like there's a trilogy, there's Soul Sister, there's When Will You Call, and there's Queen of Sanity. And I think he steadily goes off the rails. And I think there's, (laughs) in those songs, and I think there's a a, a lot of uh, um, similar, oh, I can't think of the word, but yeah, a lot of that, um, speaks to actually Bilal as a person as well. And I think this is just a lovely, lovely love song he's talking about. And, and you just be like, oh yeah, this is nice. This sounds this sounds great. This sounds amazing. And and it's a, just a great love song, okay? And then you move on to Queen, Queen of Sanity, which I think is the next part of this, where she still hasn't called. And he's still saying she's in love with him. And he's in love with her. But now he's just getting a bit wild. This is like the ramblings of a drunk high man now. And in that song, <laughs> and he's like, and the, the, the voice gets a bit crazier and the falsetto gets a bit more manic. And I'm like, whether that was purposely done, I just think it works really well. Um, as, as a, as a duo, as two sides of the same coin, because she still hasn't called. She's still not back. He's still saying she loves her, but one sounds a bit more obsessive, whereas the other one just sounds a bit more hopeful and, um, Mm-hmm. I just think on both tracks, but especially when you call, uh, is it Aaron Comis? It's mm-hmm. Aaron Comis, right? I think we should talk about that guy for a second. So this guy was the drummer of the Spin Doctors, which uh, if you know who the Spin Doctors are, they had, everyone knows their tune. Is it the Two Princes tune? you know if you two hear princes. it. Two Princes. It's Two Princes. I'm not going to yeah. sing it, but if you hear it, you know it, right? This tune was huge in the 90s, like just massive. And uh, the fact that he had so much success, and then decided to go back to uni, to school, to music college, to then study jazz after selling ten million albums or wh- whatever he did, and that's how he met Bilal at this music college. That's like to me, that's a that that's like real musician shit. That's like I need to improve. I'm I'm rich i've sold all these records i'm not going to rest on my laurels there's this i want to become a jazz drummer i want to become better you know you know whatever whatever that's worth and then he goes back and studies and meets balau and then they go to his his apartment his plush apartment because the guy just sold 10 million albums in the 90s where (laughs) you made money when you when you sold albums. money you made serious money when you sold albums and then they and then they made these demos where a lot of these songs of this album were made it's just it's just wild and that guy's good I don't know what he's done since but he should have done more that's what I'm saying because because <laughs> he manages to bring something out in Bilal in those two tunes and I love queen of sanity I don't know how you feel about it but I just think like as a as a as a trio soul sister when will you call into queen of Sanity I just think it's a nice trilogy of uh, Below descending into madness, which I think he's want, <laughs> which I think he's want to do, um, and a love
1: story. Yeah, and a love it, story it is a love story. It is a love story. its of a
0: love story. It is a mad arc, and it's just it's just a shame she never calls, and he becomes more and more obsessive. <laughs> it's great. It's, it's great. I love it. I love listening to those three tunes back to back. I'm just like, yeah, this is a maze balls. This is a maze balls. Anyway, your next one.
1: Um. So j- just on that. So the demo the demo was was where are we um so yeah when will you call queen of Sanity and love poems so they're all that's they the trilogy put back to back yeah on yeah. the album mm-hmm. um and those are the three songs that they put together Glaspers in there as well so mm-hmm. you know again when you're when you are in music college and and stuff and you're you're in that period of your life where you're putting those songs together like some of the best music that you may ever create will come out then but it isn't always refined it doesn't always have that that kind of polish of experience that you get through kind of doing that college stuff Mm. and then you move on um and i reckon cosmos was able because he'd been there and done it was able to give those songs to take the raw energy that I would imagine Bilal and Glasper would have brought to it mm-hmm. as young, fresh, right. amazing musicians mm-hmm. in their own right. And I feel like given the quality of those three songs, he was able to to kind of refine it and get it to a place where people really stood up and, well, you, you had Interscope wanting to sign him. Right. Like Interscope had no right wanting to sign Bilal other than maybe, right, we don't have our D'Angelo artists let's go and find one. And maybe that was the MO, maybe that was the MO, but for Dre to be on it and wanting it and, you know, be a big part behind it getting there, there has to have been something more than just Bilal sounding amazing, which he probably did on those demos. And to have everyone kind of talking about it and thinking about him as an artist.
0: I imagine that when they saw him in scope, I I imagine they they probably thought, wow. So one, Art D'Angelo, like you say, Two, he does the jazz stuff, so that's like kind of like our male Erica Badoo. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like there's a few little few little ticks that you can put next to these. Like he 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 checks off a few boxes, you know? Um I can yeah, he's that's like a almost an easy decision for an AR. Like you and you hear the quality of those tracks as well. That's like and you just think, okay, so he's doing this jazz stuff, which is quite well, in fact, is it all it's not even jazz, like you so you got those three tunes, you got when will you call his jazz queen of sanity is more on the kind of rocky like r&b rocky side and then you got love Poems, which is kind of on their hip-hop jazz vibe isn't it kind of Love Poems, They're almost
1: spoken words almost yeah. spoken word part on it, but yeah you know, it's jazzy jazzy poetry soul like, so you know it, it it really fits into that early ninth well say early sorry yeah early neo soul sounds yes is where love poems really fits in exactly now
0: and uh I can imagine as an A&R, you're just, you're hearing those three tunes. You're just like, yes, we can work with this. And then you then you see him, you're like, okay, he's got the vibe. He's got the, he's got the, knowing he's got the talent, he's got the attitude, you know. um, Yeah, I always, I always imagine, I just think of Bilal as like, if, I think I used the analogy once of um, uh, Max von D'Angelo, like Ken and Rai. Then I was like, Bilal's like Akuma, which is like, so souped up crazy <laughs> version. He's like, Akuma is just like doing wild, like similar powers, but just doing wild stuff. Do you know what I mean? Not like saying he's more powerful, but he's just different. It's just like got some other stuff going on and it's just wild. And that's how I always viewed him. So like he does the full settle, but his full settle was just a bit crazier and just a, just different enough to make it but again it's not miles better miles crazier yeah it's wild it's miles crazier oh my gosh he's It's wild yeah. like with it he's and, like,
1: he, he, and it, unashamedly so
0: yeah yeah he's doing just like about? he's just doing like crazy super saiyan stuff like it's just he's just he's screeching and oh man yeah just I, bro, I love it like and that's why I say Queen of Sanity is just like he he uses his voice to convey like descent into madness so well because you feel it and I don't, that's that's how i read that tune i don't know I, I could be wrong you know queen of sanity i i read it as like she's the queen of his sanity yeah she's got it in her hands but someone might read it differently but that's how i read it i don't know i'm not the best with 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 lyrics but i just think like if that's if that's the idea behind the song then he conveys it really well with his voice the voice that cr- his crazy voice with the electric guitar at the end i'm just like saying that is a descent into madness and yeah it's great it's great he's great he's great i think ash i don't know if you got any more on the best of the rest but we usually lead on to legacy here and i'll just want to say before i get you to speak on these things because you always speak really well i just want to say i feel like he's one of the great loss talents of the music industry and i know he's done other stuff but I just feel like what he, he hasn't achieved what he should have been. I know sometimes we say, oh, you know, we've said it before with D'Angelo and Maxwell and other artists. Uh, and music soul Child is a great example. Uh, we said it with him, you know, you have your peak and your peak should be good enough and blah, blah, blah. But I don't actually think at the time in 2001, I wouldn't have said this was Bilal's peak. You know, I was like, he's got more to offer because this album's a bit, it's like, it's like how a debut album should be. It's not, it's not a polished debut album, like say a, a Brown Sugar, you know, or, or a, a Urban Hand Suite. This is like, this is like someone trying to figure it out, you know, and got a whole bunch of quality in there, but still trying to figure out where to go and what to do. And like you say, some songs, they do like polish in places, but it's a great start and it promises so much. And that never came. How do you feel about that? His legacy and, do you agree or disagree what I'm saying?
1: Um so firstly, let me say, like you are is an awesome song that I love listening to. And I should have clocked that it was Floetry tree, that were the brains behind it, along with Vidal and Dre. Like
0: had I missed that one. Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I missed that one. Yeah. Like, it's just it's a banger. It right? is one of
1: my one yeah, of my favourite yeah. songs yes, on the yes, album. Yes, yes, yes. Like every yes. time. And it's just got it's got, it's the, it, it it's where neo soul moves to. Neo soul mm. moves to this sound, which I think is the perfect combination of R and B and soul music, Ash. and it just fits nicely.
0: It had me tripping when I actually realised doing the research, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, the strain of Vidal, strain Vidal, and it's um, tree, basically." But they use their real names, and I was like, "Ashley well, i yeah, I'm more confused, it? you know, like because I always recognise her name first, and I was like it made it instantly i listened to it instantly i was like i need to go listen to say yes now i need to go listen to say yes and <laughs> I, I just had to like because it's like it's that's them and dre and vidal again and i was just like yeah man i love that sound that you're right it's, you're absolutely it's, right. It, what you it,
1: say. it's so good it, it just again it it ticks it ticks every box it's like it's like that time in the noughties mm. where an R and B record had to have a Neptune's track, <laughs> like you had to have a Neptune's track just to tick that box. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this song here, yeah, with Alan like it, it's just has got that, oh man, that polish to it, and it's oh, gosh. it's really good. Um, and again, it's just part of this like five, six, seven songs in a row, like that aren't singles that are just an incredible body of an album. I'm telling like, you, and uh, and again, home home straight after it like I just oh, I like right. I, I don't think Americans do reggae very well but this they got it mm. they got it they got the groove they got the like and this curve, comes out of this horns, comes way like, out
0: of left field but it's so listenable like like, yeah, yeah. it's,
1: you, it's, you it's think on the money This it's be... on the money it's, it's it's whalers on the money yeah. like they got it they got it down perfectly. Like you say, usually like,
0: and- Americans when they do reggae, I mean, there's a there's a there's a Prince album. I think it's Symbol where he does a reggae tune on there, and I'm like, you know, I love Prince. I was like, Prince, don't do, don't don't ever do reggae again in your life. Just don't do it. But uh, yeah, this again, man. This this tune, it shouldn't work. He shouldn't be able to do it, but he pulls it off. It's great, great. Yeah so
1: yeah i, I feel like the, that's where the album should end uh, that'll, that'll be my yeah my final note on it. That's, put, that's 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 fair nothing for the other two tracks that's that, fair that's there but you know again pulled off an amazing run and body of work so like leading on to what you were talking about mm-hmm. like this is an album like an album full of quality full of great songs like um shout out as who i used to work with Virgin and, Camden, and you know, he, he kinda of pointed it out to me and we always used to talk about music and stuff and, and this album came out. It's like, yeah, I'm looking at it now, i still got the price tag, sixteen ninety nine. But we had our virgin discount which kinda of brought it down to like eleven pounds, which is mad. Like that's more than what you pay a month for your Spotify. It's <laughs> like, crazy enough. It? Um but, you know, it it is just it, it was an album before anything else. Like you, you didn't Well, I certainly didn't get into it because of the singles. I got into it because this is an album that I'm supposed to be listening to because I like this type of music. So I'm picking it up and it's amazing. Um, And yeah, it's, it's not about the singles. And as much as I've talked up the record company and the role that they played in kind of, you know, creating this, they played their part or they played their position in terms of getting this quality project together. And it just seems like from the little bit of research that I've done, it's just they messed it up with the second one and they shelved the second project. Second project gets leaked. Um, he's put his time and effort into this second project and it's just been given away for free or people have got hold of it for free and it's just always been, been discarded by the label. And that's going to burn you. And that's going to make you remorseful. And I mean, he's a very artsy artist as it is. You know, this is someone who has come up through uh, performing arts high school, you know, and so he's dabbled in lots of different things, which is part of where I think his quality comes from. The fact that, you know, you, you talked earlier on about him not feeling confident enough on, on any instrument. Mm. Like, he knows that because he went to performing arts school. Exactly. Like, when you go to performing arts school, you, you try, you see everything. You see what the actors are doing. You see what the dancers are doing. You see what, and you find your lane. And you find right, this is what I need to hone in on. Absolutely, I need to hone in on my voice because this is what I can do, and I can hold the stage. And yeah, I got this. And he, you know, he he did it, and he he went on, and he and he grew. And coming from that Philadelphia angle, where he knew all those guys, like they knew him, like Roots and and Music Soul Child, like he had those connections there. Then to go to New York and start working with Glass Bar and and be an electric lady, and then to mm. go to get signed to a West Coast label, on Interscope, and be around Dre. And I've, I've only, I can never say his name, so I'm just gonna I- say I- Jimmy, Ivan,
0: Iveen? Um, I-veen? Yeah. yeah,
1: Iveen. You know, and and be around that West Coast energy as well. Like all of that kind of comes in New York, L.A., Philly. I know. All in this, it's all there, right? No one else has got that. No one else has got that. No one else can can say they got all of those connections in place which again is part of the reason why this body of work is so so good um and you know again he with the way music soul child talked about him because they were they were almost in a group um in Philly before anything oh, else really happened. I didn't know that um yeah and it, and music talks about him just being being on that that edge you know that that slightly eccentric crazy-ish artist edge which we we see and we hear all the way throughout um yeah he, he talks about it on the quest podcast and he um and they, they they start kind of doing stuff together and then Bilal goes to New York to go and study and that's the end of that okay um but um you know because he got burned by the label right well I'm gonna go independent now and I'm just gonna do stuff my own way. And have my own sound and not let anyone dictate anything to me, which is cool. Um, and you know, he's, he's got great bodies of work. He's got, he's got great albums after this, you know, and, and there's a massive gap. I remember talking to uh, our friend Junior, um, shout out Junior Williams, amazing singer who did some BV work with Bilal. And oh, yes. he was kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was kind of probing him just about, you know, like about the game and stuff. And, I always remember the conversation that we had, and he was talking about how Bilal just wanted to make the music that he wanted to make. And, and he was encouraging Junior to have his own sound and, and be your own person, which Junior has, has gone on to do really well. Um, and yeah, like it's just, I feel like by getting burnt by the label and, and that, that scene, it's then not enabled him to actually then go on and build on what he did with Firstborn, Second Second mm. um, and become the even greater artist that he could have been. Saying that, saying all of that, putting all that to one side, when I hear him talk, he doesn't sound bitter. He doesn't sound angry and resentful against the industry. He sounds content. It, he sounds like, I'm making does, my right? music. I'm doing it. I'm jumping on this person's track. I'll work with this person. I'll work with that. But he keeps popping up. Music Soul Child don't keep popping up. Music Soul Child's got four, five, six other albums that, you
0: know, it, it, it doesn't doesn't have the same journey. It, it seems to have worked for him really well. Yeah, you don't want to make sort of like harsh comparisons and stuff like that. And But, you know, you have a conversation with 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 just any person about like Neo Soul. It's like, oh, yeah. Music Soul Child is like, oh my gosh, that first album, amazing. Blah 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 blah. Or you talk about, oh, who's your favorite uh, artist in neo soul, and then you know, Music Soul Child will always come up. Bilal very rarely does come up, but then you say, what about Bilal? And they'd be like, oh yeah yeah, that was good. But the difference is, Music Soul Child has those key bangers that everyone remembers. You know, like those singles, yeah, which is a difference, which and is the consistent difference, hits
1: across albums,
0: right? Which is the difference, which which Bilal doesn't have. But contrast that with their personalities and 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 how they are in two thousand and twenty, stroke two thousand and twenty one. You just like you think they'd have the it was it was reverse in terms of the careers they had. You'd think that Bilal mm-hmm. had had the more successful career and he was more content, and Music Soldier would have had the Bilal career. But it's not the it's not the case. Music sounds it's it's really it's really odd. But I think um yeah, in terms of legacy and Bilal, I think that's probably what's held him back, or not held him back, but you know, he's never quite had those hits. He's got tunes and, you know, he's got Sometimes and Soul Sister, but they're not, he doesn't have those iconic, like truly iconic singles, you know, that
1: that, think he. I think he would have done if he'd got a second album out five years after. Right, right. If he'd have had that, because they would have guaranteed there would have been another one in there, like, and it would have worked. I can't tell you any of the songs on his other albums like I just I can't like I just don't go
0: to them I remember listening all. listening um, to the Leeds one
1: they're not bad and they're not bad they're
0: in not fact bad. that Leaks one right didn't it didn't I get leaked when we were at uni together I remember I think I I remember around that time was it 2004 that's when we were at uni right 2003-04 I'm mm. sure it was around that time I remember like obviously you know we were all studying music there it would have been like that would have been like a big deal Ooh, music being stolen and blah 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 because that was the time of Napstar and all that stuff it was like yeah Music gets stolen, but um, mm. yeah, I remember it being around that time. But yeah, I think I remember liking that album, um, thinking it was thinking it was good. Um, but I don't remember. It's like I've never gone back to it. So how yeah. you no, know, how good was it really? But yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a it's a shame. So it,
1: it, it's a shame. <laughs> but you know, like I said, he doesn't seem he doesn't ever come across like he's too burned from it. And you know, like I said, he keeps on popping up, popping up on, on really big projects you know and I think I think his Grammy's come from his Kendrick work his work on Kendrick's album
0: yeah but he's like do you know what he still has that quality I remember seeing him I saw him maybe two three years ago and he did the it was after Prince's death right so what was that about four years ago BET he did the Prince tribute he sang um, Beautiful Ones and if, if you know Beautiful Ones, that's a, that's not an easy song to sing. Um, and man, I was just like, I hadn't seen Bilal in a few years. And he just tore that tune to shreds. Because he has got the crazy wild falsetto and the screeching, just like Prince does. So he, he he can do it in his own way, but he's got it. And he just he just did it. He made it his own, but man, did he sing the hell out of that song. And his stage presence, I would have loved to have seen him live. Um, I never got the chance to, but I would have loved to have seen him live he just he he just looks like somebody he looks like an artist made for me it's like that's the kind of, that's his whole vibe is the way i like my artist to be bit bit weird bit eccentric but with quality do you know what i mean not just weird for the sake of being weird but with quality as well and you know just yeah yeah different you saw him live right you got verified a story for me Ash. so um <laughs> So there's an interview on, I think it's, is it a Vlad TV one or no, I think it's another one. Anyway, whatever. It's another one. Yeah. Yeah. There's an interview. Yeah. Don't watch the Vlad TV one because that one, that is, that is not a great interview. Um, that's not the best Bilal interview to watch. Um, but yeah, he speaks about, um, a show he did in London at the Jazz Caf where he said him and the band before the show, they dropped some acid. Was it was acid or LSD. It was acid.
1: Mushrooms. Mushrooms. So sorry. apparently, this is a time when you could you could buy mushrooms in Camden on the street legally, legally. which which I've had verified. Did you did you verify it?
0: Because I
1: was my I, friends have verified my friends have verified that there was a loophole in the in the law for like a year where you could get, get away with selling mushrooms legally. Yeah, yeah. So um, wow, because my friends were doing it. <laughs> nice you gotta love, oh, got love
0: the late 90s early 2000s um yeah so um yeah so actually verify the story he he reckons that he was really okay basically what i want you to verify i i, I can imagine that him and the band were on mushrooms that, that's fine you don't have to, but he said the show was good anyway they did the show it was good and then yeah whatever but you were there you were there
1: so uh, I will tell I will, you about I the always show remember Ash. this gig so jazz cafe camden so we, we must be like two thousand and four two thousand and three something like that so he's he's gigging the first album um jazz cafe amazing venue nice tight packed everyone's in there um and the concert was wild mm-hmm. he was he was just all over the place, and we wasn't sure if like is this him or is it not him. What is going on? And my my overriding memory of it is him at one point just freaking out and spitting on the stage. And I don't mean just like spit coming out. I mean proper like bringing it up and spitting on the stage. Um, and like we were just. I, I I know I was just so confused with what right. was going on here. Mm-hmm. So to, to to then watch that interview. Um, like last week, and Ooh. hearing telling this story, and I was like, "Oh, Make you some... was on something, right?" But it was not the experience that you thought it was, my friend. <laughs> like it was not that good. Like you, you were crazy, and we yeah. just... Oh, well, I know, I didn't know what to take from it at yeah, all. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I like to think that most of my concert memories. Like I can, I can remember good things musically right. or, you know, it's it's normally the bad things that stick out. You know, yeah, the way yeah. that we always talk about bad things before we talk about anything else. Right, right, right. You know, like I, I don't remember a lot from the Voodoo concert. I do remember the crazy dub music that they had playing at, at the Voodoo concert beforehand, which just, just driving everyone crazy while we're waiting for D'Angelo to come out. And then right, D'Angelo right. came out and it was like, it's all forgotten. It's are cool, You know, like this was just, Crazy, and you know, part of it taps into that eccentricity and just madness. But but the other thing is, like, I didn't think didn't think neo soul artists were about that. No, no, they were about that mushroom life. They shouldn't be about that mushroom life. Maybe maybe they have a bit too much to drink every now and again, or maybe they smoke a little bit too much. But mushrooms, really, and and but again, that taps into the the wildness and the Eccentricities of the artist that is Bilal and that is is still here today in his sound and that he's he's not scared of doing anything different. He even talks about it on sometimes. He talks about being drug free, like you know it, it's it's there. He he's open and honest about it, and it's it's almost rock star like. Exactly. And he has a bit of that about him. Exactly, like he does. He he's definitely got that aura on stage and on recordings as well, with
0: just the way he really manipulates his voice in a way that yeah. other soul singers just and, don't do. Right. And not, like, not a contrived sort of like rock star persona, but just being him, being himself, it is. And pulling star. it off. Yeah, exactly that. Pulling it off.
1: So, so we, don't, we you never, we never listen to a Bilal record and say, oh, why is he singing like a rock singer? Yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. Why is he going crazy on it? You never yeah. listen to it like that. No.
0: You're you talking Bilal. about the
1: harmonies that he's putting on it and, how he's texture
0: and showing off his voice and all them good things. Like he's so he's awesome. So yeah, did he did he actually play the piano from inside the piano?
1: I reckon he played the piano at the side of the stage. Definitely, he he moved about a lot.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, and talking about people coming up on stage, yeah, I believe that as well. Not was, that my memory is that great. Was it Pino Palladino one of them? I just remember it being but, crazy.
0: Yeah, I wish I was there. It sounds like because haven't been to jazz Cafe like a thousand times because it's so tight and and you can be so that close to the stage and the people and it's just and the artists and me it just it just sounds like it would been wild and where the bar is because it doesn't help with where the bar is that makes it that makes the stage part even more tight so mm. that little the audience part is even more tight
1: But it's really easy to get up on the stage, and if you're up top as well, yeah, you know, and they know you're there. Like you could be pulled on. I remember going to a Glenn Lewis gig there, and Floetry were in the crowd, and him kind of calling them out. He didn't; they didn't go up on stage, but you know, like they were there. They were about like, and yeah. So I can, I can definitely believe Pino being there, and and other people coming up. And you know, again, it would have been a Muso gig. Like the place would have been full of musicians who could have got up and played his songs the way Mm -hmm. he described it. I
0: just, Mm. yeah, (laughs) it
1: didn't didn't sit with me as nicely as he thinks it did. Yeah, I'll I'll say that. Yeah, you're going to look at
0: you're you're looking to hear like first second played, and it's just like this is just like a free form jazz jam session. Like what the hell is going on here? Cool, good. So I think that brings us to the end of firstborn second folks if you haven't listened to it do yourself a favor please listen to it great 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 album um yeah one of the one of the i don't know just yeah one of the ones that doesn't get its due i think enough it gets its due but not enough yeah i I
1: think kind of listening to it more for this Mm. like it, it really doesn't get the due that it deserves no like it's it's definitely one of the stellar moments of, yeah. of the neo soul movement.
0: Absolutely, you know, and
1: it it needs to get more props than what it does.
0: Yeah, especially um, I like the way you 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 split the uh, neo soul into the first wave and a second wave, and especially like the second wave. I mean, but I think you said I can't remember what um what pod you said it. It was like uh, there was a period where it could be like the second wave artists were all starting to sound a bit similar at, in time in parts, especially because of the Philly. The, the Philly yeah. connection, all those guys, roots and whatever, but yeah, but his album coming out, it's just like ah, it lays waste to that notion. It just like yeah, it just comes out and it's just like a breath of fresh air. It's just it's just quality, yeah, just good.
1: It just adds, it adds to what's been built already, and really does a good job. Now again, not realizing that flow we were on it, mm. it does a really good job of more community building, yeah, more Dilla, more moose. Mm. more yeah, yeah. common. More flowetry more, you know, like it, it just it pulls all and glass bar. So really, this is glass bar and and flowetry's kind of first steps into this neo soul scene, so to speak, and getting accreditation or uh, for what they do. And it, you know, he's brought people together on it. without so
0: he was at college with glass bar as well, right? It was was that yeah. right? That, that was right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were yeah. all together. So they were the young bucks and. Aaron Convess was the guy who'd done it all. Uh, and
1: yeah, think- so Convess had a gig. He had a gig for them, basically. Oh, okay. That they were, um, he had like a it was three o'clock in the morning, something like that. But they had a late night jazz gig for them and he pulled Bilal and Robert Glasper in to do it. And then because it was so late, what are we going to do with our time? Oh, come to my apartment. We'll make some records. This, let's, let's, let's make some music we can play. And then they got there and that's when, they started the writing sessions. those songs and making ah, those demos.
0: Yeah. That's it, that's it, that's Before
1: it. Before then going to a three o'clock gig.
0: I know, that, that, that's wild to me, cool. Anyway, so Ash, as per usual, what you got for us this week? Ash recommends, what you got?
1: Uh, what have I got, what have I got, what have I got? There's some new, Like oh, I said, I said on the last one, there's some new music that's been out. I have really been, I'm going to do an oldie and a newie. Nope. That I've been listening to. So the first one is the the new album from Zoe. So Zoe is a guy who worked a lot with Foreign Exchange and Fonte, um, and he has a new album out. Which again, just again, if you like this type of music, nice, soulful, but current um, music. Good tunes, good vibes. Yeah, lots to like on that. Um, and then I've been, I've been. Digging into Van Hunt recently, Yeah. first Van Hunt
0: album. Let me tell you. Sorry, my Shepherds Bush with Cage, our man Cage. Shout out to Cage, and yeah, my yeah. brother. The three of us went to see him, and he was dope. <laughs> and that album is good, very good. Yeah,
1: I I, I never gave him enough ratings at the time. Um, there were so many. There were so yeah. many at
0: the time. So it's it's a, he was he was unlucky because um, there was a lot going on, and uh, but the albums album's excellent excellent again one of yeah. those people that sort of had a different take on the whole you know for want of a better phrase neo soul definitely it had a wasn't different that take. different well it
1: he wasn't that different he was very he, he, listening to it now i thought it was different but actually
0: it's not really he liked a lot of electric guitar really just a bit
1: more guitar but yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah. A, a bit it's, a bit more rocky different. he had a lot he, he liked rock yeah. yeah but it was very good and he's written some great tunes for other people that did um yeah. Good good album. Yeah, so um, so
1: what, um, Van Hunt.
0: Yeah, people listen to Van Hunt. That's a great um his other albums. Mm, nah, don't just stick to that first. But the first is really good. Really, really, yeah, really good. Very good. And he's dating Halle-, Halle Berry now, Ash. That's the last what? that's I know. I know. I was like, oh, that's a comeback of all comebacks. <laughs> I was like, forget the album. And I was like, he's dating Halle Berry. All right. <laughs> That was uh when did I find wow. that out about three months ago? Hopefully they haven't broken up since. But um, the last I heard of him, that's what he was doing because I check in on him every sure now and they. again. And that was that was the news. He's dating Halle Berry. Nice, uh, yeah, good. Like I said, comeback of all comebacks. <laughs> anyway, so you can find us at at Reflections Music. No, at Reflections Music Podcast. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on twitter just
1: type in reflections music podcast yeah and you'll see, you'll see me and jay
0: exactly that uh, uh my twitter handle is jamie john cheat so you can at me on there ash where can they find you apart from
1: uh music is remedy or that's right. ash roy that's right or, come say hello
0: cool uh and yeah good hit us up hit us up this has been nice it's been good it's uh i i like speaking about these ones these albums that that can sometimes fall through the cracks it's because uh, there's always more find out the why and what happened and all that stuff so hope you guys enjoyed it as well and we will see you next time thank you Ash mm-hmm.
1: thanks for listening guys thanks Jay
0: take it easy